to throw. Fitzpatrick throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Friday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to keep this one a little bit brief. It's a busy weekend down here in Davie and across the NFL. Cut down day tomorrow. We're going to have you guys covered on tomorrow's top news story on MiamiDolphins.com, tracking all the cuts and transactions. So keep it locked there for the latest on your Miami Dolphins. As far as today's podcast, we're going to hear from Coach Flores a trio of Dolphins players, plus we wet our 2020 NFL season whistle with the NFL Dolphins yearbook from 2019. That is up now on YouTube. I watched it last night. We're going to talk about that. All of that and more on this Friday, September the 4th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And let's go ahead and jump now right into Brian Flores' Friday morning media availability. We are now just nine days away from kickoff in New England. Coach filled questions about New England. He also filled some questions about cutdown day this weekend. Plenty of content in here. Let's go ahead and turn it over to Coach Flores. As we start with one of the toughest aspects of this job for coaches and GMs and people involved in the league, cutdown day, who has to go find the player to tell them they're going to come up and see Coach and see the GM. Here's Coach Flores on that process on cutdown day. Well, we look as we got some young, let's call it personnel, you know, people who, who, who are handling that, you know, as far as who's having that first conversation with the players. Then obviously they talk to Chris and then they talk to me. You know, that conversation is not a it's not an easy one. It's a, it's a delicate situation. Obviously, the, the guys are disappointed who are, are being released. Um, I try not to tell them that their, their, their dreams are over, but I do tell them that, hey, when one door closes, normally another one opens up. Um, and I try to be supportive and, you know, give them some good feedback uh, that could help them um, in their next endeavor. Um, in a lot of cases, um, you know, this opportunity to bring guys back to the practice squad, um, if that's the case, we'll, we'll let them know that. Um, but, you know, we just try to be respectful and supportive and, and honest. And I think that's always the best way to, uh, to handle, you know, a tough conversation like that. And by now, we are all familiar with how those conversations tend to go based upon what we see on Hard Knocks. We saw it one year here with the Dolphins back in 2012. We just saw some of it with the Chargers and Rams on this year's Hard Knocks. Always tough conversations there, as Coach says. And speaking of a strange season here with cuts and practice squad and roster spots, Coach was next asked about the strategy of the practice squad this year being expanded and if they're going to have different approaches to it this year compared to years past. I think we have conversations on every situation, uh, but as far as strategy from uh, for the practice squad, I think the the, the additional uh, practice squad players. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about um, you know who we would want on that, and that's on that's almost its own you know kind of roster itself. How many linemen? How many corners? How many receivers? So as far as if there is a strategy on what day, no, you know, to be to be honest, I think. Uh, we're just going to kind of go through the normal process, and everyone who we release, we know that they're they're um, they're out there to potentially get claimed, and um, if they do get claimed, then um, we've got to move on to the next guy on our list. So, um, from a strategy standpoint, I would no. But again, uh, that's honestly that's probably more of a question for Chris Chris Brandon and the and the, and the scouting department. 
the comment there about it being kind of its own roster in and of itself, it kind of reminds me of the plea from so many fans I've seen over the years to have some sort of developmental process or developmental league. The practice squad this year with 16 players can certainly serve as a kind of minor league system type of deal where you can call guys up on a given week. Of course, we have the two call-ups that guys can dress off the practice squad every single week. It's going to be really fascinating to see how this plays out over the course of the season and how that practice squad is in fact utilized. Up next, Coach was asked about the coming weekend of cuts and how active they'll be. And of course, Coach says it just depends who's going to be out there. Depends on who's out there and who's available. And uh, Look, we look at everyone. And if we feel like there's a player out there that, that can help us, then we have those conversations. You know, last year is, you know, it's different than this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, you never know who's going to be on the wire, uh, who's going to get released, who's going to become available. Um, I don't want to kind of pigeonhole us and say, hey, we're just, you know, we're, we're good with what, where we're at. Um, because if we can get better, we're going to try to get better. That's, I think that's going to always be the approach. And so now we've heard from Gerald Alexander, we've heard from Josh Boyer, from Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, Noah Igbenogany, pretty much every single defensive back and coach in that room has talked about the point system for rewarding ball or players getting their hands on footballs and practice. Here's Coach Flores weighing in on the point system for takeaways and hands-on footballs in the defensive back room and just takeaways in the NFL in general. I mean, look, turnovers, I mean, they're, they're hugely important. In a lot of cases, the deciding factor between wins and losses in this league. So we're, we're very uh, conscious of, of obviously trying to secure the ball offensively and in the kicking game and try to take it away offensively, excuse me, defensively and in the kicking game. Uh, it's something we, we try to spend a lot of time on. The more turnovers, the better chance of, of a victory. So, look, my, my, my message to our staff was any way we can you know, create more urgency, more energy, more competition, and maybe you know, a competitive point system, if that's, if that's what does it, and have more emphasis on, on trying to create turnovers and, and it works, then I'm all for it. So as far as the state of where we're at, uh, you know, that's, I'll let GA handle that, Josh and the defensive staff. Next, Coach answers the question about selecting captains and how the process of that works here under his watch in Miami. It's player voted. I think that's the, the right way to do it. Allow the players to uh, select who, who they, they feel are, you know, the leaders on the team, um, that they want to uh, speak for them. Because uh, those captains, you know, we have a captain's meeting every week and uh, we have conversations about, everything from the schedule to game plan to, you know, any, any issues surrounding the team. So um, I think that's where the players make the selection. And I talked to them about that and the, the role of the captains. Um, it's not just on the field, which that's part of it also, but it's on and off the field, a locker room, you know, anything that they feel like they need on off scheduling. I mean, there's, it's, it's a big role. I think it's a, it's a important choice for the players. I try to make mention of that as well. Um, not a, it's not a popularity contest. It's this is a serious kind of um, position, and, and they should they should they should take it seriously. And now we get a football question as coach is asked about the decision the Patriots announced earlier in the week to go ahead and name Cam Newton the starting quarterback for that Patriots offense week one. Now just nine days away. Here's Coach Flores talking about the preparation before the announcement and the preparation post-announcement and how you got to be ready for every single player on the roster of your opponent every week. I think we all had an inkling that that was going to be the case. So I mean, we were preparing for all three quarterbacks. So uh, 
and we'll still continue. We'll still do that. I mean, you always got to prepare for the backup, and you have to know who the third the third quarterback is if if there is one. Um, the same at all positions. You know, you need to you want to know who the uh, o line is, and who the backups are on the o line, and who the D line are is, and who the backups are on the D line. So, but you know, with him being named the starter, um, I mean, we've watched a lot of film on Cam. I will continue to do that, but we'll also watch Hoyer and Stidham and, you know, the rest of the guys on that team. They're very talented. They're, you know, obviously a well-coached team. It's hard to win on the road, so we'll, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it'll be a challenge. We know that. And, um, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It'll be a challenge against, against that team. And we'll go ahead and wrap it up here with Coach answering a question regarding the rumors that we all saw on Thursday about the Josh Rosen potentially being open for a trade. Here's Coach telling you that this time of year, Calls are coming in left and right. It's all about improving the roster, getting better, and Chris Greer's phone is going to be off the hook the next couple of days. Here's Coach on that rumor and this time of year. Again, the phone off the hook. Uh, I think it's the day before cut cut down day, and I think there's a lot of names that are floating around, um, and I, we're feeling calls left and right. I, will, I know Chris is uh, about uh, Josh and, you know, probably a handful of other players. And I think that's the case across the league. As far as, you know, Tua, as you mentioned, you know, we, we no decisions have been made. We're just trying to go, we're going to go out here and, and practice today and make the decisions, you know, on, on, on the roster tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, there's, we're, we're taking fielding calls on everybody. Um, well, not everybody, but on, on a handful of players. And I think every team is doing the same thing. But again, Josh has competed. Josh has made some some great throws. Josh has, you know, I think well, I think he's gotten better over the course of training camp. So, I mean, that's where we are with him. And so there he goes, Coach Flores. We'll hear from him again tomorrow morning ahead of cut down day. It is a 4 p.m. Eastern. You have to get your rosters finalized. And then from there, of course, you're going to have a flurry of action with transactions, waiver wire claims, practice squad re-signing, tons of action going on on the roster this weekend, one week out from the start of the NFL season. And with that comes the... NFL yearbook story we see every single year. Now, I recall these being on ESPN back in like May or maybe June of every single summer, and it was like appointment viewing back then, that voiceover, the season highlight. They always find a way to paint your team in a positive light and give you hope for the future, and that's what they still do on these broad on these uh, programs, rather, and I had a chance to catch the Dolphins episode last night on YouTube. I think it's only available on YouTube now, the story of the 2019 Miami Dolphins, titled Just the Beginning, of course, for Brian Flores' comment after the Patriots game last season, saying, this is just the beginning, trust me on that one. I want to go ahead and talk about a few of these moments here. First, let's play some sound from Coach Flores at the very start of this episode, and I text my buddy Kevin Dern at KevinMD4 on Twitter. We know who he is, and he showed me the video was up. I text him and said, all right, man, I'm going to text you in 20 minutes because I am all the way in on this show. I'm going to go ahead and focus on it. I'll get back to you in just one second. But I want to go ahead and play the clip here, the opening of this episode from NFL Films and show you why it grabbed me in the first five or six seconds or so listening to Coach Flores on the field at training camp last year showing some of the intensity that he displays. On the hop, let's go! Know where we're going, know where you're going, on the hop! Know where you're going and be on the hop! Let's go, keep it going, ho! Keep the pressure on them! Keep the pressure on them! What are we going to do, D? What are we going to do, defense? For the Miami Dolphins, 2019 marked a new era under the leadership of first-year head coach Brian Flores. Uh, We're competing now. We're competing. 
So get on YouTube and go check out that show. It's it's always very well done, very well produced, bunch of good highlights and audio and voiceover and music. It's just always a fun program to watch. And you hear Coach Flores on this podcast every day in his media availability, very calm, very measured approach, very kind of showing you more of that intellectual side, the thinking side of Brian Flores. Then you get him out on the football field and the intensity meter just cranks way up. I've talked on this podcast many, many a time, and this is you know commonplace across the National Football League. There is urgency in practice. You're going to have coaches getting on guys, but I've talked on this podcast so many times about the crispness of Brian Flores' practices. Guys getting in and out of drills quickly. They're ready at the start of the period to begin the drill in football. We talk all the time, false steps, right? A linebacker takes a false step. One wrong step can get you out of position and can be the difference in a three-yard gain on a tackle or him breaking that tackle and going 70 yards to the house. And so any false step, any false movement, any wasted time is so valuable in this league and especially in this season And you just don't have that on this practice field. Guys are bouncing around on a hop, as Coach Flores says, competing, play in, and play out. Another clip from this show that I was absolutely in love with was a brief moment between Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzpatrick in a game. I couldn't tell which game it was. We were at home in the white jerseys with the aqua seats in the background there at Hard Rock Stadium. And Flores approaches Fitzpatrick on the sideline with a comment about a read or something he saw on a previous play. You're going to hear him talk about it right here. Let's go ahead and roll the audio. Just the very first one. You in here. I'm okay with that. But it's split safety. We might have some space here. That's all. Okay. You got me? Yeah. I think I might, I might think there, too. But I, I got hey, you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, that's beautiful with me. I just wanted to show you that because I love the communication between the head coach and the quarterback. Even though Brian Flores has a defensive background in his coaching career, he also did coach as an offensive assistant in 2010 in New England as well. So he does have that well-versed background. We've talked about it on this podcast so, so many times. But I also was thinking about you have a defensive mind like Brian Flores, for instance, who once called a Super Bowl game plan that allowed the Rams, the number one scoring offense in the league, to score just three points. You have an, a defensive mind like that who can kind of show the quarterback and talk to the quarterback about, hey, here's maybe what you're seeing. Here's what I'm seeing from the defensive perspective, how I would attack you in the situation. Here's how you should attack this too high structure, as you hear him say there, the too deep safety, the split safety look on that play. Fitzpatrick kind of comes back to him and says, here's what I saw. It's an open dialogue an open conversation and we see this in the NFL all the time right we talk about Sean McVay and and Jared Goff Sean Payton and Drew Brees almost got off track there Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz all these offensive minded coaches with their quarterbacks and the importance of that relationship between head coach and quarterback but it works on the defensive side of the ball too for the exact same reasons like I mentioned you can have a coach that has this defensive knowledge that can approach the situations from a defensive perspective and give the quarterback a different look a different thought and for a quarterback who's been now in his 16th year in the NFL to have that perspective when he has all those years of knowledge and cadences and plays in his mind and and tape study and different thoughts from different coaches, giving that defensive perspective from your head coach, I think is very beneficial for the quarterback and for the offense. Now, let's go ahead and finish up here with one more clip at the end of this episode and at the end of the 2019 season that ended in Foxborough. You're seeing the fruits of that labor, right? Yeah. The process, the preparation, all that, it, it counts, right? So you get moments like this. Yeah. That hard work, all right? There's joy in hard work, and this is it right here. I'm just telling you that right now, all right? And this is just the beginning. Trust me on that one.
There definitely is joy and hard work. I think we all can agree to that. Accomplishing things for yourself, nothing makes you feel more sense of a pride and more sense of accomplishment than putting in the work and achieving something, especially in a business as difficult as the NFL. Before we get to player media availability, I want to go ahead and go through my predictions for the season, my division winners and playoff teams and Super Bowl pick. We're going to start in the NFC in the West with a surprise. Arizona Cardinals winning the West, New Orleans Saints winning the NFC South, Minnesota Vikings take the NFC North, and the Cowboys take the East. We have three wildcard teams this year, this time around. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles, the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers. In the AFC, I'm taking the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, to repeat in the West. Give me the Colts in the South, the Ravens in the North, the Dolphins in the East. Give me the Bills, Browns, and Titans as your AFC wildcard teams. And in the Super Bowl, I'm not going to get flashy here. Go back to the Chiefs. Give me Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Run that thing back. And we're going to have the Saints with Drew Brees make one last hurrah. Chiefs over Saints in the Super Bowl. We start player media availability with Dolphin safety Eric Rowe, who was first asked about the competition in the DB room getting their hands on footballs, the point system we've heard about for the last couple of weeks. Here's Eric Rowe on the update on the point system for takeaways among defensive backs in Dolphins training camp 2020. It's actually being uh, today, this afternoon, it's being, uh, it's being revealed today, the final, the final, uh, the final total. Cause we only kept points through training camp, and I guess technically since camp broke, so we're getting the final total today. And last time, last time I checked, the corners were up, but we, you know, as safety, we 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 made a lab, we made a good push the last couple of days for training camp broke. And of course, Eric Rowe, who had the big pick six in New England last year, is one of several expatriates heading back up there for this week one game. Eric was asked about Kyle Van Noy and the preparation going into the place where they used to play. Uh, I mean, it's been good. I mean, he brings instant leadership. Uh, obviously, it's a defense that he, you know, he already knows and, and he's run before. Uh, so it brings instant leadership and experience and the edge. Uh, kind of, and, you know, I'm, we're hoping this year, you know, last year we got up to a really slow start on defense. And uh, kind of with him coming in, he already knows the defense, you know, already has experience at it and his leadership. Uh, we should get a faster start. Pretty interesting perspective there from Eric Rowe talking about the communication and the familiarity in the defense helping the Dolphins hopefully to get off to a faster start. We revert now back to the question that was asked earlier about the takeaway board, the the hands-on football's point system and the DB room. Here's Eric Rowe on who's leading that competition right now. And if anybody caught up to Bobby McCain, the Dolphins' safety. Oh, man, I I can't remember, like, point, point, but yeah. Like, he he had a couple picks. I had a couple picks uh, shoot the corners. I remember one day they had a, they had a nice nice number of pass breakups and that that kind of got him in the, that kind of got him ahead. But I, I you got to ask me next time, but because you know this afternoon we're gonna have the final total. And it's always good to get a scouting report from your smarter defenders on defense about the opposing quarterback. Here's Eric Rowe talking about Tua Tungavailoa and what he's shown in camp and what makes him difficult to defend as a safety. I mean, he he has an arm. I mean, he he has an arm. He could put he could put the zip on the ball. Um, and I noticed through camp, he's gotten better with his eyes because, uh, you know, safety position, you know, we just kind of read the quarterback and kind of beforehand, he was just kind of staring down at routes. But he's get, he's gotten a lot better with his eyes and kind of, you know, from from the defensive side, from what I could tell, you know, his progression. So uh, obviously he's only going to keep getting better, but it makes him hard to defend is, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, tough to answer. 
And something he probably can answer a little easier is evaluate in his own defensive back room. Here's Eric Rowe on Xavier Howard and other defensive backs in that DB room of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, from I mean, from what I see, X X looks like he's he's getting back to form. Obviously, it's going to be you know a little rust in the beginning because uh, he hasn't played since I think he went out. Whenever we played Pittsburgh at Monday Night Game, you know, a long time ago. So, I mean, he's, he looks like he's getting back to form. So, I mean, it's, it's great to have him back. Uh, you know, another experienced cornerback there. But uh, with the slot position, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's competitive. Like, both both guys are, uh, you know, they're all making plays in the slot. So, obviously, you, you know, I'm not the one sitting in the depth chart. But from what I've seen, it's, it's been pretty competitive. Hey, Eric, what's up, man? Uh, last we talked to you, you mentioned that you can't really go out in the offseason and get four or five guys together to work on, you know, fitting the run. I'm curious, now that you've had some time in camp, how's that progression been for you so far this off, uh, this training camp? Uh, sure. It's been a lot better from from the beginning to, I mean, even now, uh, you know, beforehand. Now I'm having a better feel of, you know, if I see some tackle pools or guard pools or, you know, stuff like that and which way the backers are kind of, you know, they're spilling blocks. It, it's, it's gotten a lot better for me. Uh, obviously, you know, with the seeing the live live action, but, you know, for right now, practice, even during the scrimmage, you know, I'm getting a little more comfortable with it. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with Eric with a question about tackling and who might have the advantage over the long absence of live action games, no preseason, the offense or the defense. Here's Eric's answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it definitely goes both ways. I mean, we, God, yeah, I haven't done a live tackle, ooh, yeah, in a while. We'll hit that up, you know, we'll have some good hits, but, you know, going to the ground and, you know, play after play, you know, if it's play, I mean, that's a different type of condition. And, shoot, I mean, on the other side, they haven't got, you know, tackled, you know, going to the ground or, uh, you know, calling for sacks, you know, you know, whenever we get, you know, a good pass rush, so, uh, it goes both ways, but, I mean, yeah, he's not lying. Like, we haven't gone to the ground yet. Today's pressers were a lot of fun, man, and this Austin Jackson one was definitely one of the funnest I've been a part of because all the reporters kind of got involved about this initial answer he gives, Austin gives, about his pregame ritual, the pre-night routine that he goes through, how it involves ice cream, and that really set a precedent for the rest of the press conference. Here's Austin Jackson on his pregame routine, pregame rituals, and any superstitions he might have before the game starts. Uh, Yeah, a big a big part of my routine in, you know, in college was just, you know, just every night at the team hotel, I would... Uh, do treatment before you know I went and got the team ice cream at the hotel. Um, so I should be able to still do that. Um, it's, a, it's a new schedule for me, but um, I'm, that's really my biggest my biggest uh, superstition, I guess. I have to do that every before every game. Here you go, folks. Some hard hitting ice cream analysis from Dolphins tackle Austin Jackson. Definitely, I stay away from strawberry, strawberry and cookies and cream. Uh, I keep it real, real simple, you know, just a little bit of chocolate, a little bit, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of fudge, maybe some Oreos on top. It's just real simple. A little bit back to football here. Austin Jackson was asked about the relationship between he and Eric Flowers, two big additions on that offensive line this offseason, two guys that have been putting in a lot of work here at practice after practice, and two guys that really looked the part on the Dolphins offensive line. Here is Jackson's comment about the chemistry between he and Eric Flowers. You know, he's he's entering his sixth year in the league, so he's definitely somebody I look up to. You know, he has 
a lot more knowledge about things and how things goes. And uh, he's just real helpful. And he's definitely somebody, you know, I look up to on the online. We look up to. And it helps, you know, him playing right next to me. So, you know, just getting to work with him and pick his brain about stuff. Um, it's really helpful. I'll go ahead and cast my vote for Chocolate Devotion from Cold Stone Creamery. Just going to go ahead and throw that out there. You got to go with that. Chocolate's the way to go. Um, I I do want to go back to the football question, though, here, like like Cam did there and follow up. Um, You know, just kind of 15 or so practices in now. I'm just curious if there's any particular thing, whether it's your pass sets or getting better drive off the ball in the running game. What's one thing you've really focused on and you think improved so far in training camp? Biggest biggest thing for me was just picking up the the playbook in training camp, you know, making sure – my technique is specific, consistently specific um, to, you know, whatever uh, scheme I'm trying to do. So I think my consistency is like the biggest thing that picked up over training camp, you know, um, just doing what I need to do consistently over and over and over again to the point where it's muscle memory. So that's probably a big thing for me. Something you hear a lot in this profession, in this business, is that you have to become comfortable with the mundane because there are so many days, you get one game day a week, right? There's so many games, or so many days rather, in between where you're working on stuff that just isn't that much fun to do. So how great is it to hear Austin Jackson talk about muscle memory and the willingness to put the work in every day and just repeat that work over and over again for a 21-year-old kid? Very impressive. Great answer there, I thought, from Austin Jackson. Let's get back to offensive line ice cream questions. Specifically, how much would he need to bring to feed the entire offensive line room? For all the linemen? you got to bring enough for all the offensive linemen, right? Yeah, I guess I do. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'd probably say about three. Three gallons. Three gallons? Two and a half. Two and a half gallons. Three, three gallons just to be safe. Not everything is going to get taken. But, you know, three just to be safe. Between all, right. all of them. And here you get Austin Jackson evaluating the relationship between he and Steve Marshall on the offensive line and what specific things that makes Marshall a good coach for him and the right guy for this offensive line room. Again, another really interesting insight here from Austin Jackson. I think he he's good at it is just knowing what a lot of guys do and understanding that, you know, everybody's different. And so, you know, with me, he's been real good with working individually on, you know, what I need to work on. And in terms of what other people to look at, you know, I'd say pretty much I've looked at um, like guys like Tyron Smith, Taylor Luan, uh, Big Trent up in San Fran, um, a little bit of Ronnie Stanley, just pretty much all the all the tackles out the league, just kind of adding to my toolbox, seeing what everybody does, and you know, creating my own, you know, my own rhythm and my own set of tools. So you get some comparisons there across other players on the offensive line, other tackles across the NFL that he tries to study and emulate what they do well in their games there. Some more good insight from Austin Jackson. We'll finish up here with an evaluation across the ball from Shaq Lawson and what Lawson has done to help Jackson's game improve. Lawson, Jackson, those names get kind of intertwined together. But here he is talking about defensive end Shaq Lawson and how he's helped Jackson's game grow and improve. Uh, a lot, you know, Shaq is, Shaq is a great rusher and he's one of the, again, one of those older guys who's been around the league for a while. So, um, he's been pretty good at, you know, just pulling tools out of the toolbox randomly, you know, randomly throwing new stuff in and, uh, it's caused me to get a lot better. So, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely helped a lot and I've gotten a lot better.
Got to be careful there, Austin, calling these guys the old guys in the room there. I had a similar experience earlier with Jay Fiedler on the Flashback Podcast, which will come out next Friday uh, here on the Drive Time Podcast. So don't forget to check that out next week before the game up in New England. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Dolphins defensive end Emmanuel Ogba, who evaluated our previous guest, Austin Jackson, and his performance so far as a Miami Dolphin. Uh, Austin is doing a uh, tremendous job. I know him and uh, Shaq been going at it, and also I've been going at it with him too. Uh, he's been doing a pretty good job, and you know, working, you know, getting better every day. You know, you have a guy like me and Shaq, you know, helping him out, uh, giving him some tips too as well. So he's doing a good job for us. Next, Ogba was asked about the Patriots naming Cam Newton their starting quarterback and his experiences going up against the former MVP. Uh, I've played Cam once in my career. And, um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a dogfight, you know. He's a former MVP, and um, they got a good quarterback, and we're just going to be ready, you know. Depends what Coach Boyer has him in mind for us as far as game plan. You know, we're going to be ready to go. Back on the other side of the ball, Ogba was asked to evaluate the performance and the presence so far of new Dolphins linebacker Kyle Van Noy. Here's Ogba on Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, uh, he brings that leadership, you know. He's, he's uh, familiar with the system, so, you know, he kind of helps younger guys, too. They kind of just bring guys together and just tell tell us like we got to keep working, we got to keep getting better. Up next, Emmanuel was asked about which player on the Dolphins' defense, talking about guys like Kyle Van Noy, Alandon Roberts, who's been the most vocal, who brings the most energy to that defense. Here's Ogba's answer. I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of guys. You know, we got E. Rob. You know, we got you know Kyle. Obviously, Kyle. You know, we got Shaq. You know, he's always loud and outspoken. Um, you know. Um, no, we just got a lot of guys, you know, that come together that just know how to work together and play together. So we have a good group of guys here. Uh, we can be as good as we want to be. Uh, right now, we take it in one step, one step at a time. You know, working together, getting better together. Um, you know, just doing our work, doing our job. Uh, you make your play, I make my play. You know, setting the edge. You know, taking care of the uh, deep ball, deep part of the field. Just uh, doing our part. Each of us individually just have to do our part, and we can be as good as we want to be. And let's go ahead and finish up here with a Dolphins pass rusher with a question about Tua Tungavailoa, Dolphins rookie quarterback, and what makes him difficult to defend on the defensive side. Uh, so, I mean, you still got to watch out for it. You know, he could scramble on you, <laughs> and he's pretty fast, too. He's pretty mobile, so you got to watch that, too, as far as he has a nice deep ball, too, and nice, he throws the ball really well. So you just got to um, you gotta do your best to stay contained. You got to keep him, keep him in the pocket where he might get out. And there you have it, Emmanuel Ogba, Austin Jackson, and Eric Rowe. Really good pressers there from those three Dolphins players, two veterans and a rookie, one free agent, one draft pick this year, one guy signed last season. Good variety on this Dolphins team. And with that, let's go ahead and close up this week of podcast here on Drive Time. Reminder, no Saturday podcast this week. You guys were a little bit spoiled there for a couple of weeks, six shows a week. We will have written content on MiamiDolphins.com. We are going to track cut down day for you guys. Any new players coming in, players going out we're going to have it covered for you guys on miamidolphins.com in the meantime that's going to be my time you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast from the best way to give back to the show if you're a fan is to leave us a rating leave us a review tell us what you think give me a follow on twitter it's at wingfield nfl follow the dolphins at miami dolphins and of course check out miamidolphins.com as well as the fish tank and the audible podcasts until next time fins up